When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 457 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, and I'm back. Sorry, I missed two Thursdays in a row. Shameful. Um, Shameful. Was on, was on the road. Uh, to my right, Stephen Kyle Bracky, and in Manitowa County, the supporters, <laughs> Milwaukee, Ben Askren, who just gave me the throat slash. What's up, Ben? Oh, the, 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 the Dassey family is going to come get you after all, all the... Nonsense! You've been talking about Wisconsin. <laughs> I know it'll be their, uh, their first actual crime. What's going on? You know what? I, I've um, I you will. I'm actually. You know, I'm. I'm gonna click on this Joey Silva match because I heard he had an epic meltdown. So you might have explained it on that one. But what I was really gonna say is that I kind of don't like going on Tuesdays because I have all these thoughts from the weekend bottled up in my head, and I gotta hold them till Tuesday. And I just want to. I just want to get them out. On Monday, it seems like such a long time to hold it, doesn't it? It is. It is. Monday would be better, but you know what? We'll deal with it. It's it's Tuesday, okay. uh, and now the waiting's the hardest part. But you made it, Ben. So, were there anything uh, particular? I I am fascinated by this Kalodzic out of red shirt, the Princeton Cornell yeah, duel. Absolutely. I mean, what a what a shakeup! And I feel like every year the D one season gives you these like, I don't know, th- unexpected things that that happened you couldn't have predicted and then for them to pull him out of red shirt and then for this duel it was is yeah. really cool so they actually said it wasn't for this duel they were actually going to pull him so i talked to chris Ayers yesterday that's that that interview will be up on rudis today i talked to him. they said they were going to pull him last week actually but he needed like one more match to hit the eight match minimum so they, i believe they sent him to the edinburgh open was what he said mm-hmm so he's sent the Edinburgh Open, so he hit so he hit the minimum amount of matches for uh, seating criteria or, or whatever it was. Um, the most outstanding thing I pulled away from the uh, the interview with Coach Ayers was they were 0 and 35 his first two years, and their first three years he was 2 and 53. Can you imagine 2 and 53? <laughs> that is holy rough. crap! That is like good God! Like that'll make you want to quit your life. <laughs> and he kept going, and he kept going, and now they're like, like we were talking about with pulling Kolodzik out. They have Princeton has a legitimate chance of getting a trophy this year. They do. It's really they legitimate. really do. Yes, very legitimate. Yes. There, so, there's not a ton of room should... for error because they need glory. Glory's got a ball out. They need Kolodzik to Kolodzik can obviously win, right? Win. Yeah. Rocky. Uh, so those are those are their big three, and well, obviously they have Quincy Mondays in mm-hmm. there. They got a few other guys that'll probably score points at nationals. But um, I, so I, I kind of brought this up to him. You know, we talked about this last week of the top seven at one forty nine. It's like you could mix them up and throw them, and they they could end up in any possible seven. Or do you just go ahead and put Matt Klodzik number one, or where do you put him on there? No, he's not number. They they uh, Spay put him you at guys number four. Rank him. Yeah, he's ranked now. four. Four. Oh man, I looked well, yesterday. I didn't look today. 
So O'Connor outplaced him last year at NCAAs. Yeah. It's, it's not like Matt has a uh, body of work this year of, of beating a lot of elite guys. He has his only ranked yeah, win is over Hunter Richard, I believe. So it's a it's it's a scenario like this is tough okay. to rank rank him anywhere. But how, I think four many, is fair. Is he, is he, he's two time All American, correct? Three, three times. So he's, he's All American. I mean, so obviously he's got. You know the best credentials of anyone in this field. Although you know, I, I guess Coach Harris did bring up the fact they did not outplace uh, Austin O'Connor at the NCAA's last year. But Austin O'Connor also has lost to Patrick Luger this year, um, so maybe that should be taken into account. It is taken into into account. I think that's why he's fourth, right? Despite yeah. missing most of the year, I think it's. I think that's why he's where he is, and I think it's cooler that they pulled him for the Cornell duel. I think that's more exciting. And, you know, one thing, I think we saw there were a lot of really big duels this weekend, but Princeton Cornell, yeah. NC State, UNC were the two biggest ones. Oh, my God. We, we actually talked. Did you see how packed that duel was? It, me and Coach Ayers talked about that. Wild. Yes. It was insane. Oh, it my was, God. I couldn't. I was to the rafters all the way up. Saturday morning, I was just watching every, like, point of view video of all the celebration, the pandemonium when when they won heavyweight because it was it was that crazy. The crowd was that wild. Um, the real credit to Coach Papalizio and staff for getting building. I mean, there was no fan base at NC State uh, eight years ago, right? There was, I'm sure there, the stands were vacant, and now for him to have built yeah. something in a place where wrestling is not tradition rich is is so impressive as well. Yeah, I mean, and that, that whole uh, that whole triangle down there, they call it, um, with UNC and NC State being so good, that's going to be a really fun rivalry because I, I feel like, you know, w- everyone's able to participate since they're really so close in there. And then obviously you have Campbell, which is only like um, a 30-minute drive, and D- Duke was starting to have some success, and they're really struggling this year. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a really kind of kind of becoming a hotbed of wrestling down there. Yeah, it's awesome. You uh, Something you – very exciting to see, and hopefully it trickles down to the to the high school scene, and North Carolina becomes a more reputable high school wrestling state. But back to Princeton Cornell. Yeah, because Col- you didn't bring up the most, most the important point. The most important point is Ben Darmstadt, baby. <laughs> Darmstadt <laughs> over Brucky. Our man did it, Ben. Where, where did he come from? What do you came mean, where did he come from? Coming out of nowhere. Well, I mean, you know, he, he was struggling. He was struggling. At 184, and then he kicked he kicked Patrick Boogie's butt like it wasn't really all that competitive. No, it was not competitive, and um, you know a, a Ferrari needs its fuel right to run. So they, they made they tried to make him some sort of a Prius down at 184. That's just not going to work. Coach Cole came to his senses. He's a great coach. He made the right decision. Got him back up at 97, and it was a, a decision that made made sense. And he's wrestling well. And I think with 197. It's kind of dealer's choice who could make the finals opposite of Colin Moore, and I don't know if Ben or really. I, I don't feel that way. I feel like if we have optimized Ben Darmstadt, he's he's hands hand, hand a ways better than everybody else in the field. Yeah, okay. I, really, I, I, I guess mean, I agree. With I, don't that. Know, I don't know if we're getting optimized Ben Darmstadt, but if we do, I feel like he's second best in this weight class for sure. Okay, yeah, I agree with that. I do agree. I okay. think they're based on. Breck, he's got some. He's got some rebuttals because no. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with Noah Adams. I just don't know how he's like far and away better than everybody else in this field, and how you know that. 
Well, we we know Kyle has a West Virginia shirt under that sweatshirt you're wearing right now. It is a nice looking sweatshirt. Thank you. <laughs> Plain white tee today. No West Virginia stuff. Wow. Okay. Very well, relatable. I mean, here's what I'm saying. Uh, you know, he just won Patrick Brookie. Noah Adams was not very good whatsoever last year. Jacob Warner's dropped the whole bunch. There's no one in this field where you're like, okay, that that guy's really good. He's outstanding. And we've been we've seen Ben Darmstadt be really outstanding. Obviously, he had the down NCAs last year, I would say. But his whole his or was that two years ago now? Well, two years ago, he was in the ago. semis. Sorry, um, semis. But then, but then he semi slided, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that Jared was, I mean, that was of West Virginia put, put him through the mat. It was very rude of Jared Hot to do that, and uh, he didn't he didn't quite recover. So I mean, when you look at but when you look at the season he had that year, I mean, he he was really outstanding, and it was against, in my opinion, a field that's tougher than the one there is this year. Um, and so if we have optimized Ben Darmstadt, I, I feel I really feel like he's making the finals against Colin Moore. Yeah, that would be my prediction as well. Though Noah Adams is an interesting. I'm putting Noah Adams in, this may sound weird, and we'll, we'll get to this match, but kind of like a Mason Paris category where... Really? Think, well, well, let me finish it, and then maybe it'll make more sense. Or maybe it doesn't. But like, it was cl- pretty clear based on the early season results that Mason was a little different, was, was a lot different, but to which degree, I wasn't quite sure, right? And then, you know, yeah, he beats Ma- Stencil. Mason Paris this year, she's Louise. And now he, he beats Stencil, and I'm still like, okay, yeah, but the test is um, is going to be a Cassiope, and he destroys Cassiope. I'm like, okay, he's there. And with Noah Adams, he's been really, really good all year long. I believe he's undefeated, Yeah. right? But hasn't really faced the guy where I'm like, this. if he beats this guy, then I'm going to know, right? And Noah Adams hasn't yeah. done that yet. Mason Paris has, and now I'm like, Mason Paris, this dude, he can go with Mason Gable. Paris? Yes, that's what I'm saying, too. I mean, holy crap, that was a butt-kicking. So I didn't watch it live. I watched it after the fact, and I kind of read through. I'm like, okay, it sounds like you know, fairly dominant. But then, like, even Cassiope's reversal, it's like you you kind of thought he was going to get pinned there. He hit him I with mean, the Vision Quest armbar reversal. I haven't seen that I since, since Loud Swain. Yeah, I mean, Paris didn't take the post out on the other side of the bar and got reversed, but it was like, Paris had that bar tight, and for a minute you're like, damn, is he going to deck him right here? And then, <laughs> and then he gets rolled through and reversed. But then he goes back and decks him in the second period. It was wild. Wow. It, it, it was yeah. so impressive to, to see him beat Paris like that. And you know that yeah, dump? Seriously. We talk about the dump all the time, and it, it's you're always like, yeah, but he's not going to hit that on this guy. He's like, he dumped well, Cassiope. No, hold on. But for me, the crazy part of that was, you know, Heavyweight, a lot of that dump is you have the momentum as you go from your feet and boom, and you hit it right. There's the momentum. He actually didn't get the arm until he was already on the mat, right? He, he gets his first shot stuffed, then he grabs the arm, and then he dumps. And you're like, he got all that power from all the way down there? He has to be freakishly strong. <laughs> there's one time, I think, it was, I think it was after that takedown, they go out of bounds, and they got a f- fresh start in referee's position. And he literally just grabbed Cassiope's wrist, and he, Cassiope was like halfway up, and he literally just flung him down like with one arm, and Cassiope just smacked his face off the mat. Yeah, he must, I, think I remember that. He's just a freak. Yeah, it, it was a very physical, like a chop, but not chop. This is like that was the Mason Paris that we all thought we were gonna see after like what he did at Flow Nationals that first mm-hmm. year. Like this is what we thought he could be. Yes, and. 
it didn't come to fruition for whatever reasons last year, but now he's lights out. He's un- he's unreal. He was only a true freshman last year, and he had there were there were glimpses, but now he's like he's so much more. So I mean, a, a a full year in that program at Michigan has obviously done wonders for him, and he's got. I think he's gotten bigger. Mm-hmm. I think he's stronger, and he's uh he's a better wrestler, and he is just a yeah. I I never. Anyone that's listened to this show consistently knows I am just like I pick Gable to win basically everything there is, and I don't really give a lot of consideration to his opponents. Like even with, with Kassar, I was like, you know what, he's better than. Wait, Kassar. hold on, Christian. What? Were you, prior prior to Saturday, were you giving any consideration to Cassiope? Because I was starting to think none. Maybe maybe Cassiope could. I mean, how about I was thinking maybe Cassiope could slow him down and make it a close match. I do think it would be a decision against Gable, but. Okay. That's because Gable will win 10-5, 5-2 type of matches against guys he's way better than. He's not the um, – he bonuses plenty, but it, I feel like somebody of Cassiope's caliber in folk style, I don't think he would he would bonus him. But I, yeah. I did not think it would be a competitive match, and I felt the same about Mason Paris. Now I don't. I, I, I feel like, man, Mason clearly can go with Gable Stevenson. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. Now, now I'm really excited to see the match. I wasn't all that. I was actually, if you would ask me prior to this weekend, I would have given Cassiope a better shot of having a close match with Gable than I would have Mason Paris because Mason Paris obviously has a higher attack rate and he shoots to his knees more often. And Gable is so good at the go behinds and the reattack. So I would have, I would have actually said prior to this weekend, I think, I think Cassiope is going to keep it closer than Mason Paris is. Well, I would have agreed with that too, and I that's that's how I felt also. Like I don't I don't like Mason's offense against someone like Gable, but now I'm seeing him hit it against someone so sound like Cassiope. I'm like, th- he's just different. Mason's just different. He just can do things. Some guys are just different and special, and in that department, he's just got something unique about him that I think could even give Gable trouble. I think maybe what was most impressive was his defense. Because Cassiope, if he gets yeah. in on somebody, he finishes. Yes. And twice, and ended up leading to the pin, he countered him and scored. Um, and his athleticism was on full display. And he's probably the only guy in the country that can match Gable with that. And that's what I was going to say. If, yeah. you, if you think about what gave Gable issues with Kassar, it's athleticism. A guy that could match him speed for speed. Now, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think Paris is probably as athletic as Gable or Kassar even. But he's he's pretty dang athletic, and you, that spin around defense was that was that looked like a lightweight hitting yeah. that. And Cassiope, I mean, I, I don't know if anyone's ever hit that move on him. Yeah, I, it's, I mean, that's another thing to to consider. Is Paris scored three different ways. He scores the dump. He scores the uh, we call it the Hamlin spin behind that Bajrang is so good at, mm-hmm. and then he also scored that. I, I would actually say that's a junk move. I don't even know what the damn name is. What is the name for that? You know, where he had the wizard and then he picked the far ankle. And that was, uh, you know, what he got the takedown on. What would you guys call that? I don't know, like a defensive like a pick. ankle pick or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so. Um, you used to do yeah, that craziness. I, I didn't do that move. You didn't I think do that? that, I would have said that. No, no. I mean, maybe against someone who wasn't very good, but Anthony Cassiope was pretty good. So I probably wouldn't have tried it against him. Uh, yeah. Tariq Wilson did it to Zach Sherman, too. Friday really? Night. This yeah. weekend? Oh wow! Wow, Tariq Thanks. looked awesome. By the way, yeah, is Tariq coming back? Is the prophecy going to be fulfilled? 
Tariq Wilson, he's number gotta, one. He's got to have at least a few good matches before we, we uh, put the props. He hasn't lost since the there. Southern Scuffle. Really? Yeah. But who's he wrestled? Yeah, exactly. Wrestle yeah, yeah. Details, details, Ben. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I'm, I'm we're, <clears throat> we're, we're all over the place, but that's fine. I don't even know why I say that because we, we always will be. Because the, the hey, I got I got a complaint for you, Christian. Oh, good. Uh, Big Ten Network. They didn't even put up uh, Joey Silva, Paul Glenn. No, I haven't got to watch that what? yet either. It's on my DVR. Traveling stinks because you miss a lot of wrestling. He almost he almost blew it. B- Bracky, give us the blow by blow. Listen, <laughs> fr- bottom line, he got his hand raised. He did against and- the Iowa Hawkeye starter at 133 pounds. The Hawkeye starter that night. Or the, uh, that's who started <laughs> that, that night. Yeah, that night. Um, he, no, he looked good in the first couple periods. He was obviously better than Paul Glenn, faster. I think he countered him a few times. Uh, he's up like five two, and and had riding time late in the third. And then Glenn gets a takedown to make it. I think five four, and then kicks him. Or no, that might have tied it. And then he kicked him. So he's still up two, yeah. but then Glenn got in again and almost finished right on the edge to send it to overtime. It was really close. They went out of bounds, um, but he he prevailed. Glenn doesn't want to see so, Silva in those deep waters of, of sudden so victory. Christian, let me let me ask you this: Will Joey Silva show up against Seth Gross this week? Because he always seems to show up against lesser opponents. When there's a good guy, he just says, "Ah, well, I'm not going to make this one." I'm sorry, who didn't show up for the Iowa duel? What are you talking about? Joey Silver Joey Silver showed up because he knew DeSanto wasn't going to show up. Yeah, but, yeah, I know. Um, that's not so, what happened, but I get what you're saying. I don't know. That's – I don't know. So Joey Silva <clears throat> has showed up four times now this year, um, the highest rank being number 39, Garrett Pebble. <laughs> Who's ranking 39? <laughs> 39? <laughs> Yeah, they ran. they ranked out Brent Jones ranked 139. They literally rank every Division One person. <laughs> All right, I love it. You know that, right? Yeah, I do. Um, well, your okay. defense should have been when he beat Garrett Peppel. We had Garrett Peppel ranked 25th. Yeah, he started Ooh. Peppel on the the downslide. We're, well, we're maybe maybe, maybe flow's not as good as automated rankings. Bracking, no, we are. Trust me. Now, one <laughs> thing, Bracking and I were talking about that this morning. The the selective ducking, the um, where like you have a weekend slate and you'll wrestle the one guy, but then if you're supposed to hit someone higher ranked, um, you you don't wrestle. That's that's sort of yeah, sort of annoying. Like, do we want to do we want to name put names, names no, on it? Uh, we can put names. Yeah, on let's it. put names on it. Well, put uh, names on it. You know, I wanted to see Yaya Thomas wrestle Sammy Sasso, and he didn't. He didn't wrestle. He wrestled the Michigan State guy. Um, what's what's Yaya somewhere. doing? I don't know. Well, then the other one, and I don't know what the circumstances are with this, but Tanner Sloan didn't wrestle Noah Adams Friday night, but then wrestled Sunday. Yeah. Jeez Louise. So, so I don't know. So don't uh, don't just come at Joey Silva. He he made the walk. <laughs> he made the walk. I hope he's back. Um, I feel like do we need to put a bow on this Princeton Cornell yeah, thing? Yeah, let's though? go back there because there's still stuff we should probably talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So one. There. Cornell has held this title for how long? 17 years. Okay. 19, 92 straight dual meet wins over Ivy League opponents. That's unbelievable. So unbelievable run for Cornell and Coach Cole. And uh, I think they knew they, – they still could have 
if if Princeton doesn't pull out Kaladzic, they would have maintained it for yeah. at least this year, or they could have. Well, right? it, it would have been sixteen sixteen. Who wins tiebreakers? Um, well, we well, don't know. What wait, it oh, sixteen sixteen. Well, it's nineteen thirteen. I guess D'Angelo got hurt, so he wasn't available. Right, right. No, Richard probably wins that match by decision, or maybe. I mean, I don't know who their backup is if D'Angelo's out and how Richard would have fared against him. Regardless, they get it done. Big win. Stefanik seals it um, against Lowe with that crazy. Did you watch that exchange, Ben? No, I did. I did not watch that. Match. It is well. I'll send you the video, but. It's a okay. really weird way he ends up with a cradle. But he ends up with it and uh, takes him over. So, pretty fun little back and forth between Coach Cole and Coach, uh, Coach Ayer. So, Mike Novogratz, of course, huge Princeton supporter. Sends a congratulatory. What a Princeton to- homer. Well, yeah. Of course he's a homer. He's, <laughs> he's an alum. Um, so, Mike sends a tweet of congratulations, and then Coach Cole says, Mike, congrats to Princeton wrestlers and their coaching staff, but don't get too comfortable with the trophy, as it's coming back to Ithaca next year. And then Coach Ayers replies to that, Rob, congrats on your run, but it's over. You once told me it was unfortunate I chose to coach at Princeton because, quote, we just can't win an Ivy or EIWA title without the support you get at Cornell, unquote. We won today, and we'll win more. We have a trick or two up our sleeve. Boom! I love Boom. some trash talk. I love it. I love it. The, P- Princeton, in general, they don't mind uh, mixing it up a little bit. And I I, no. I really like it. I like it. It's good personality. Yeah. But Coach Cole's right. Pro- they're they're going to be, oh, be oh, nasty you, next you, year. You, you, but you're just going to throw you're just gonna throw Coach Ayers under the bus like that? Like, under the bus? You have, no chan- you have no chance next year? Prove me wrong. Cornell's going to be fire next year. They're not beating Cornell next year. Write it I'm down. I'm not saying. Write it down. <laughs> ben, do you have a oh, pen? That is bulletin. That is bulletin board. Coach Ayers is going to write this down. That's bulletin I know. Board Joe DeBuke's going to scream at me on Twitter. <laughs> I already know this it. This is bulletin board material. Write Christian it down. Christian Pyle says, it can't be done. <laughs> Right there, 836, on the bulletin board. Deep in the heart of Texas, February 11th. Cornell is beating Princeton next year. I'm sorry. But it doesn't wow. matter. Wow. The streak's Mo- over. So much so much bulletin board material. That's great. That's great. Okay. Uh, before Travis Bell cries some more on Facebook, uh, he wants me Who, to mention that uh, Trent Hilger didn't wrestle Friday and then did Sunday as well. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I, I I, I don't have that them all has, in my mind. I know. Well, he, he, according he, to Travis, we didn't do it because yeah. we love Bono. No, that's why yeah, we didn't say anything. Tra- I mean, there's obviously some injury issues with Hilger, and if the duel was in the balance Friday night, he would have wrestled. And it, you know, it obviously wasn't at that point. And Sunday it was, and they thought he could possibly win the match, and so he wrestled. I mean, but you know, another one, Trent Moran, Travis, Tristan Moran wrestles the hard hard match on Friday night with some injury issues because they thought they had a chance of winning. And then Sunday, obviously, we didn't see him in that, in that match. Yeah. It's like that sometimes. Yeah, it's like that it. sometimes. Okay, so congrats to Princeton. That's amazing. Can't wait to watch uh, EIWAs. Live on floor wrestling. And so, really, the team race there looks like Princeton-Cornell-Lehigh, which is not anything. Oh, hey, hey. I just remembered one more thing that we got to bring up. Bring it up. And it has to do with coaches trash-talking. How about Rob Cole trash talking Tom Brands? Well, was he trash talking? Yeah, I saw it. I I sure thought so. I thought it was like, hey, 
You won't put us on the schedule, so I'm going to trash talk you on Twitter to try to get you to put us on the schedule. I, Co- Coach Schwab has kind of done a little bit of that with uh, with Coach Brands. They've tried to get Iowa on the schedule for a while. Hasn't happened. Can we, can we find the exact tweet? Hold on. Let me, let me find yeah, the exact Yeah, I got it right here. Tom, at oh, Tom Brands. Tom, congratulations okay. on the season. A lot of congratulations being given out from <laughs> Coach Cole. Uh, that's like that's, that's like once you say once you say no offense, you can't offend anybody, Chris. Right. <laughs> congratulations <laughs> on the season so far. Looking forward to having you on the Cornell schedule for the next couple of years. But I don't think there's any way that man that duel. Um, Come on, dude! Happen. Put it on the schedule. It'll be awesome. That would be an epic duel. Cornell versus Iowa. Epic. We'll have to do a virtual whiteboard war at some time because I don't think we'll get to do the real one, the real deal. But, but that would be why? Why can't they put that on the schedule? I mean, look at some of the, the jabronis Iowa wrestled this year. Throw that, well, throw that sucker on the schedule. Well, Ben, they wrestle in the Big Ten. They, uh, I, I understand. You I say that, that, but Iowa has the most ranked wins out of anybody this year. Yeah, dude. Okay, yep. they wrestled Tennessee, Chattanooga, Iowa State. Listen, now hold up, hold up now. Every single what? team, there isn't a Division One team that doesn't wrestle the the. I'm not saying that. I didn't, okay. I didn't say that. Not that's loser thing. You're, you're comparing. I'm just saying they could fit Cornell on the schedule if they really want to. That's all I'm saying right here. Well, oh, obviously, Ben. <laughs> Everyone knows that. That's not a. We know that they are legally allowed to wrestle Cornell. That was never in dispute. But the, the idea the other that they should crazy, add more rigor is is maybe not wise. Well, the the other crazy thing about Iowa's schedule, in my opinion, and you know, listen, obviously I can't argue that they're doing their rank number one, but their schedule is so light, mean, meaning they don't have a whole bunch of matches. They only have I'll I'll just count right now. My, I went to their schedule. They have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen duels in one tournament. I mean, their guys are going to get somewhere between 15 and 19 matches prior to Big Tens. That is like really, really a very low amount of matches. Uh, it's, it's almost you're just hitting the threshold. So the thought that they couldn't add a match or two to their schedule somewhere is kind of crazy. No, they could do it. Um, no doubt about it. I mean, I'd love to see it, but it's easy for me to sign up teams for tough matches. It's another for the coaches to think it's the best thing for their program. Um, but hey, yeah, let's do it. Iowa let's Cornell. Let's do it. They'll wrestle Cornell College. Why not Cornell University? <laughs> Live on flow. Yeah, baby. Now we're really talking. Okay. Let's go. Um, where do we want to go next? There's a lot that happened. I think we should talk about the match. Well, I'll say, is it the match of the year? RBY Gross was a fantastic match, man. It was Match of the year. Wow. I, I, I was there, and I, I didn't have that feeling that it was match of the year, but... It's it a candidate. A match for it's sure. a candidate. I would say. I thought it was really, really good. Um, and I feel like a funny thing's happening. Not. Like, what are what are what are the candidates for match of the year? Because I, I was there. I felt like, hey, this is a really good match, but I did not feel as though it was match of the year candidate. What's our other What's our other candidates for match of the year? I don't know. That one stuck out to me. Maybe we can come up with a okay. better one. But hey, I want right. to say something. There's a funny thing happening with Gross, where. I'm watching him win matches, and I'm just saying, well, he won't be able to do that the next time. He hits a lateral drop from bottom against Sebastian Rivera. I'm like, well, that's not replicable. And then yeah. uh, he beats DeSanto, and then he beats RBY. You know, he hits a banana split, a splato on him. I'm like, okay, well, he's not going to be able to do that again. RBY 
at the end, he figured out he got a finish. He got a takedown. It was a pretty close in the second match. Period, in the second period. In the second. No takedowns in the third. Yeah, correct. And mm-hmm. I'm like, am I falling in a trap here? I mean, Gross has been my pick to win, right? But I'm seeing these matches. I'm like, this isn't replicable. He's not going to be able to do this again. Or is it he just had that winning quality, and he's just going to be able to find those weird ways to win matches when that's what he needs to do to win? So I don't know yeah. if I'm falling in a trap. Or I should just say, you know what, Gross wins. He wins matches, and that's all you really need to worry about with him. But I, I watched that match with Roman. I mean, and listen, I said a week ago, we, we, you and I went back and forth on this, Roman Bravo Young can win NCAAs this year, and I feel like that match displayed a lot of the reasons why I think that. He's a really good scrambler. He can get to legs consistently. He rode really well against Seth Gross and did not give up a riding time point, I don't believe, against Seth which is pretty rare, which that point used to be automatic for Seth. So Yeah, that's, I mean, one thing, Seth must not be working, and I'm, I'm not there very often. Um, Seth must not be working on a lot of top because he's not doing nearly the amount of riding that he was um, a couple years back, you know, no. even in this match. Uh, you know, obviously he got the takedown in the near fall right away, and then, he, you know, he gave up the reversal out of the near, near fall thing. And then Roman Bravo Young also chose neutral, so he, he didn't really even get a chance on top um, that much in this match. Well, he had a chance. He got reversed. You know? Well, but it was out of the display, though, right? I mean, yeah, when he had him yeah. on his back. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's, I don't know if that's really fair. Also, why did. I thought it was weird he didn't get a four count there. So apparently the rule is. Um, I thought that was a four. Yeah, I mean that, they protested. I thought I thought the ref swiped four times, but you know, I, I did too. But then I heard the rule is, if your blades are on his chest, they they stop counting, and so yeah. So you you obviously can't get near fall through a person, right? So again, if your shoulders are on top of them, you can't get near fall. But I I still thought it was. But his word that, that's that's count. when I watched the match. That's where. Not the entire time, but for a portion of the time, it was only yeah. – uh, he, he was up up a little high. So I thought – man, I, I think this is a really – I think there's four guys that can probably win this weight class, five if you throw in Silva. Um, and – Oh, boo. <laughs> uh, but I, I was impressed with Roman. I was impressed with Seth Grossman. But I'm curious for your thoughts. You, you guys said okay, okay. You guys said Sebastian Rivers going to be back this weekend, and he was not. In fact, I we did not said, say that. We said maybe. We said maybe. Oh, I thought you said he was. No, no. We said possibly. No. Possibly. Okay. Um. So yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was a better match. I would have liked to see Seth get a third period takedown. I thought that would have been good for him. I mean, I, I was also kind of frustrated by. And I know you have it in the notes that the second period ride that that um, that RBY put on, I, he gamed the rules, right? But it's also so stupid because a referee stalling and stalling. I know he's like his hands are on the legs or whatever he, crap he's doing there, but it's like okay, but you're still sitting there and you're not doing anything, so it's still stalling, and the ref should call it as such. So what? So the scenario that that Ben is describing, Roman, he really, I, I love it because. Anytime you make a rule, they figure out a way to gimmick it and, and, and game it. And Roman did here. So, you know, if you drop down yes. the leg when you're on top, they begin a five count. L- Roman scoops the ankle with his, with his leg, right? And then has his yep. head in perfect head position on a single. And he just has his yep. arms down. They're not around his leg at all. So the rule is your arms have to drop down below the, 
and be wrapped around the leg or whatever, and he doesn't do that. And so they don't count, right? And he's able to basically yeah. maintain that position and accumulate a decent amount of riding time within the rules. Uh, yeah. But he to, so- to quote Jay Jaggers, remember, there's regular, regular stalling. stalling. You can call regular yes. stalling. You're not working to yeah. turn. You're not working to score points. So while you are absolved of the five-count drop-down rule, you still, as a wrestler, have to try to score points. Yes. So I love the it, gimmick. It was- I think it's really smart. Ah. But at, on the other hand, refs, don't forget – you can call regular stalling. I don't know if it was merited there, but at some point, a stalemate or uh, a stall when he's not working up should have been should have been called. Yeah, it, it, I thought it, I thought it was pretty ridiculous. Um, so he did get called. So RBY does get called for stalling at the end of the second period, but obviously it was only a warning. And by that point, he had he had the ride time locked up. So then when it's six to four, and he's got the ride time. He smartly, in my opinion, smartly chooses neutral. Yeah. Um, because he doesn't give Seth Gross that chance on top, and then obviously he knows if he gets a takedown, he's actually winning seven to six because he has the right time. Yeah, I thought it was smart. Um, couple couple questions I have for for you, Ben. Roman sure. gets on on double leg right away, and yeah. sets sets Seth on his hip with the double, and he yeah. doesn't get the finish. He doesn't actually get that close beyond Seth. I, I actually hip. thought I thought Seth blew this scramble because I thought Seth. Seth actually comes up and has kind of a the body cradle, um, and I thought he could have got the takedown off that, but he said goes for the cradle, and then RBY popped out, and there was no takedown at all. So what what I didn't understand that Roman did was he sets him on his butt in a traditional, like just right on his side yeah, in the double leg, yep. and then he pulls out his bottom arm, right. And I feel like at that point in time, there was no way Roman was going to score. Whereas if he stayed, just dropped on the double, he... Well, he knows if he doesn't pull out his bottom arm, he's going to get rolled through there, and that's going to be not so good for him. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Because Seth Gross got that arm in the arm in the knee crease on the cradle. Um, he's over the top, so he's got that kind of that body cradle that he likes to go to. If 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 Roman leaves that bottom arm in, he's he's got no post going that way now, and Seth loves to roll people through. So that's probably gonna happen. So pulling the post out is a good chance, but then what you know what he's gotta do is he's gotta stop Seth from scooting. But Seth's so freaking good at scooting that you know he was able to scoot out and then put himself in a good position. And I thought Seth should use that body cradle to try to drive Roman into the mat and get the takedown there. Instead he tries to go to the cradle and he pops out. I'm very glad I asked. A little little lesson there. Okay. Also another thing I'm noticing about Seth that I'm curious, I feel like he ends up like on his knees, like kind of turtled up in short offense underneath the guy when guys are trying to run behind, and I don't, yeah. I don't think he gave up a takedown from this. That's, there. His, that's his, that's his jam. I know he loves it, but I think it's every time guys like get ninety eight percent to running around behind, and I'm wondering, do you think some that's gonna bite him at some point? No, that's a setup. Then he does this. Uh, we call it the sweet. I don't know what you guys call it, but he goes. He hit it at he hit it at the NYC a couple times because he hits it in freestyle or folk style, um, and you know he goes wrist leg and boom pops over them. Uh, I don't I don't know what you guys call that move. I think in West Virginia they call it the Chancellor. Yep, everything's the Chancellor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hey, that was a, it was a really good match. Uh, uh, I thought Roman he had a standing single early yes. in the match, and Seth did that crazy thing where he just pulls off the two on one, throws the near leg in. And Roman made a really nice adjustment where he doubled off 
from the single leg yep. standing. Last, so you like the adjustments if you're a Penn State fan. <clears throat> I think you'd say, okay, he lost. Roman gave the – what did you think about Roman giving the this thing right after the match to, to Seth? Uh, I, I I don't mind a little trash talk, but I don't I don't think it really affects Seth that much. And if I was Seth, if I was Seth, I would have, um, you know, I, I would have came back with a little something there because you know it's like when uh, when Brooks said I'll pin you or something, and and Zahid says, bro, it's six zero. Where, where was your energy during the match? That's that's what I would have came back with. Yeah, the scoreboard is always a fun one to to point at in those scenarios. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Any further thoughts on on uh, Roman? Are you are you do, are you stock up? Are you feel the same about him? I, I feel about the same. Um, you know, I think he's got great skills, but hasn't been able to get over that that hump against um, against Seth or the bet. You know, obviously we say to Seth, we did get over the hump last week. So I guess I'm I'm putting my foot in my mouth here. Um, so what what are the seeds going to be for Big Tens? Because uh, Rivera hasn't wrestled anyone, so how low does Rivera go? He needs to be the four or the five. I really right? believe so that. You're I think going it's, Seth, RBY, DeSanto, Sebastian, and then who? Phil uh, Piotrowski. I mean, where, where's Alvarez in this? Where's now Alvarez got Alvarez just got Piotrowski. Piotrowski. Yeah, yeah. So he's six probably. I I think I think Sebastian and Piotrowski are the four or five in some combination. There's a scenario where Sebastian just gets thrown in there crazy. He needs to wrestle this weekend. Yeah. Yes. Otherwise, he's going to get like the who eight wrestling gross in round They one. wrestle at Rutgers, so he'd be returning to his home state to take on Sammy well, Alvarez. I'd, I'd love for him to be the seven, so he gets RBY second round. That'd be really nice. That would be wild. That would be wild. I don't know that he will, that but be, um, yeah. We'll, we'll see. I, he needs to come back. He needs to wrestle. It's jacking up the seeds. Sebastian, so what you're is, jacking up the seeds, man. So he didn't, he didn't wrestle in the duel against Piotrowski, but he has this stupid... Injury default loss to Piotrowski. He was winning in the third period and and couldn't finish. Is that going to keep him behind Piotrowski? It should. It probably should. Yeah. He he, he didn't duel him, right? And they were on the schedule. And he technically lost to him in that that match at Midlands, even though he was winning. That keeps him behind Piotrowski for sure, I think. So now he's five at best. So now we could be looking at he's, he's either a five or a six now. You yep. know, if he and honestly, if he, if he doesn't wrestle against Alvarez, and Alvarez, you know, Alvarez beats whoever they put out there, then then where are we, right? Or if Alvarez yeah. beats him straight up, then he's at the he's at the six, which means he's hitting the three, and we think the three will be Desanto, so it'd be Seabass Desanto corner. Oh baby, it's almost a good thing, but almost. it's kind of, it's kind of bad. So that'll be a, a we'll we'll follow along. We don't know what they're doing. We don't know when it'll be back. Um, yeah, let me see. What is I, I am I'm I got the I'm pulling up the what Big Ten wins does he have this year? So yeah, he has a loss to Seth Gross. I think and, and a loss to he's he's zero two in the Big Ten. I thought Nomad said he had one. No, he, he all no. his wins are non Big Ten yeah, wins. He's right. Okay, he's zero for Big Ten so far. Oh, so that's, that's gonna why be he needs. That's, that's why he needs one. <laughs> yeah, he needs to get that one. <clears throat> hey, quietly, Jennifer Clearing kind of coming along. You know, he beats Cole yes, Martin. He gives Brayton that was, Lee a that really was, tough I match. Wish they, I wish they would have saved the block, though. Because that, that was – well, did you see the scramble? No. It was a very sketch. T- okay, so um, he he tries – I don't know if it was a leg pass or something, but he, so he's almost in on a takedown. 
Martin tries some type of leg pass or something, and then they go, and he comes straight up to an underhook, and he stands up, and they separate, right? And in uh-huh. that scramble, he had called the two points. Well, it was really very sketchy if he ever had control of the situation. I mean, I'm not, it's not, I'm not like, this is a terrible call. It was just a call where I think if it went the other way, no one's all that upset about it either. Got it. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes sense. So, um, I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not like, oh, my God, this is the worst call ever. But I'm like, oh, I'm not so sure that was a takedown. And that was one where they wasted the brick on the Spoidal call in the Seth Gross match. And I'm sure they would have really, really, really liked to have that brick back for that that one. Yes. So, I, and I'm referring to the Brayton Lee match for Verclair. Yes, He was right there to win that match. Um, couldn't Couldn't close it out late. I mean, Brayton chose neutral down 3-0 going into the third. And managed a way to, to come back. But I got to say this. Roman, watching Roman, and then watching Brayton Lee, they've got to change this. they got to make a rule when a guy, Brayton reached down, grabs a foot, and he just pulls the foot out again. I don't, I just watch it. It makes me uncomfortable. I feel like guys are going to get Wait, hurt. He Christian, does it. Uh, what? I, I, think, I think you're overestimating. Like, I saw it happen like 12 times in the Wisconsin-Penn State match. It's like, it's just part of wrestling. It's like right. it, it, remi- it reminds me, you know, after the Santo, I'm like, shit, is, every, is everyone gonna hurt their knee? And then I watch Wisconsin, and I'm like, yeah, that's just that's just wrestling. Like people get their knees pulled out. You twist your leg, your knee doesn't get hurt. It's fine, no big deal. All right, it looks. I don't know. I love Brayton Lee, but when he does it, it well, looks well, like if you watch watch the that knee, Wisconsin Penn State match, it happens all the time. It happened like a whole bunch of times. Okay, I will. I don't like it. Okay. That's. I just want to say that. I don't like knee injuries. I don't want to happen. Hey, I, listen, I, I got I to excuse myself for Thursday. I need to stop drinking. I'm on, I woke up early and threw a cup of coffee. I got to pee again. I got to stop oh doing this. I, I forget that I'm stuck here for 90 minutes. I'll be right back. <laughs> stuck here. <laughs> All right. Well, Ben Askren urinates. We will proceed. Uh, a couple little notes. Um, little Rock lightweights giving Air, Arizona State some problems. Yeah. Um, Arizona State wins 38-9. to nine. However... Little Rock takes 33-41 and 49. Bianchi beats Josh Kramer, who had a really hot start to this season. And Tyler Brennan, who I do not know who that is, beat Josh Maruka. So great job by, by Little Rock. I know who Tyler Brennan is now. Yeah, Maruka not having the best season. No. And Kramer was ranked the majority of the year. It's, it's kind of sliding now, too. But, yeah, hats off to hats off to Little Rock. Man, it's I, not I, easy. It cannot be easy to be to come out, start a program, and be competitive right away. And, and they have been, right? They've been competitive yep. teams. So I think that's really exciting. Um, so that's – We talked a little bit about them um, on Thursday because we were talking about Iowa's facility getting approved and, and new um, facilities popping up across the country. And Mike had just visited out there, and their mm-hmm. facility is beautiful. While um, oh he's sorry back. guys. Wow, I I I like got I got to remember stop hydrating before your freaking podcast. Yes, rule podcasting uh one on one. That's how you that's, you got to remember <coughs> to prepare your body. Um, Ben. Well, not prior prior to this, my podcasting schedule had not been live, so it's like, hey, if I go take a pee, I go take a pee, and then we edit it out. You know, it's no big deal. And now yeah. we're live, and everyone on Facebook knows my urination schedule. <laughs> Only a small part of it, because you've been able to um, make it happen with, uh, without 
leaving us before. <laughs> no, okay. I did. I did on Thursday. I did on Thursday when you were gone. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. I had to pee. Okay. Real bad. Well, I can't complain because I wasn't even there, like a coward. <laughs> All right. Uh, There's a lot of different directions we can go. Uh, Helen Marulis wait, uh, is back, and that's great. Oh, okay. What? Are we going to finish the Wisconsin Penn State duel? Okay. So what, we, what? we talked about the Martin match. We talked about the Moran match. Um, obviously, well, I mean, I figured you guys were up by facing it. It didn't go so well for Wisconsin. No. Uh, Evan, Evan, Evan Wick specifically had a really rough match. Um, Sebastian and, and Brooks was a fun match. You know, he lost three to two, but it was, it was a good one. Um, and then Hill grabs with injury issues, doesn't wrestle. So I just thought we could kind of put a bow on that one. It was all, Bobby Douglas got honored. That was pretty cool. Um, seeing him, you know, I haven't seen him in a number of years. So that was an awesome, awesome little thing. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, good of them to honor Coach Douglas, true legend of the sport. Uh, yeah, Chenzo, I <laughs> I think we've, I've said I, I did not like the matchup for Wick against Chenzo. And I think Chenzo kind of showed why there. He's and he's yeah. he's really good. He's wrestling. Maybe I, I was impressed by his ability to, to keep Evan Wick broken down and ride him. Like I mean, I know he's done some decent riding in the past, but I don't I don't ever think of Chenjo as being a beast on top. And he really he grinded grinded Evan out on top there. Hasn't has Wick struggled underneath? I feel like has Marinelli yes. ridden him. He has. Marinelli's. I, uh, I I think it, a, a, a little bit. Yeah, not 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 like not like Friday night, but he has a little bit. Yeah. I think he situationally struggled with, with getting away against good guys. But, yeah, good win for, for uh, Penn State. Nick Lee is st- st- still on a tear. He majors Tristan Moran 14-1. He pins Mitch McKee immediately. And, Ben, can you put out a PSA? All these Uh-oh. people are getting pinned while they're getting released. These Penn State guys are tricking America. It's like I, it's a trap. I told you this is it's How embarrassing. How does it keep happening? This is college. This college wrestling this is embarrassing that this is happening to these people. I mean, I used this trick in high school, for God's sakes. But by the time you're in college, someone releases you, you don't just freaking turn into them. Yeah. Simple. So he turn, So McKee turns right into a nearside cradle. And when Lee locked his hands, it was it was a wrap. It was really tight. He rolled and, and, and got the pinfall against McKee. So, it was so really Nick, tough. Nick Lee is kind of bringing what you've been talking about to fruition. He's going to be the guy now. He still has to beat. Um, he still has to beat Luke Pletcher, right? But he's kind of been on fire this year. I mean, like he's, really on fire. It's the it's all the sleep he's been getting. He goes to bed nine and a quarter hours, nine and one quarter hours of sleep. Now he's just destroying everyone. I tried that. It's I still not. Uh, yeah, it's not helping me. He he looks good. I mean, we'll find out this week, right? Um, yes. Because they're going to wrestle. Are you guys going to gonna have someone on the ground there? No one on the ground, but we'll be over no there. I don't know. We'll we'll have uh, plenty of content and stuff around if you're interested in that match, as we all are. So looking forward to that. Penn State's looking looking pretty good, no doubt about it. Yes. Uh, Want to talk about Helen Marulis is back. She beat Allie Reagan and then pinned Jenna Burkett twice. And I think one of the more interesting parts of this is not just that Helen is back and wrestled her her first matches in over a year, but the one, Allie Reagan keeping it to 2-2 is very interesting to me as yeah. we look towards trials, right? But also... That was, that was... Yeah, I agree. Totally. But also, what's interesting is Helen afterwards is basically like... Almost like... I don't want to say calls out, because calls out is like probably too strong. But she's like, 
Allie didn't trust her actual wrestling, so she resorted to just trying to beat me up because and, – and everyone – basically what's unsaid but saying is like they're trying to hit my head because I have concussion problems and they're trying to rattle me, right? And she's saying – Do you think she, you think that's what she was trying to say for – I mean are you – mind reading, mind reading can get tricky. How sure are you of this statement? That – I mean she like, basically does say uh, it. I feel very confident in that statement. She's okay. saying, she's right. saying, I wrestle Jenna Burkett. She's a brawler. That's what she's going to do. But for Allie to do that surprised me. I think she could trust her wrestling more. Um, and she basically says, when I knew that was her game plan, I was like, she'll never beat me, which I thought was a, yeah. was an interesting thing. But she basically said, everyone knows about my injury, so they're going to resort to that. And the thing that they were resorting to was clubbing the crap out of her, which. You know, yeah. they, it was all within the rules and fair. Um, not saying anything about that. So I think I think Helen very clearly said that's that's what she was referring to. Yeah, that's. I mean, I feel like if that man, I feel like if that is so like to the forefront of your mind, that maybe you shouldn't be doing this. Like, I mean, wrestling wrestling isn't mixed martial arts where you get a punch for sure, but wrestling. Is a contact. It's a combat sport, and if that, you know, man, if, if the quality of life in the future is going to be affected, um, man, I, I have a tough time with that. I really? No. Do. Well, she. That's not really what she was saying, though. She wasn't but saying. But you just said that's what she was saying. No. What I'm saying, Helen was saying, and not trying to put words in her mouth. She's like, because I have this history of concussions. They are resorting to this in some attempts to rattle me. But then she yeah. goes on to say – you need to listen to the interview because she goes on to say, I would not be doing this. This is not something where if I get hit in the head, it's, this could be a really big issue, right? She's like, I'm, I'm fully healthy. I'm able to do this. It's not a, it's not a thing where – she basically says what you just say where it's not, it's not worth the risk to her to put herself out there okay. in that way. Right, and that if she wasn't completely how healthy, she, how could she be? How could she be so sure that that? I mean, that's like the fact that it's even in her mind is what I'm saying. Because how can she be so sure? Wrestling is a combat contact sport, and if you're going to complain about people hitting you, it's like the one time I actually had a concussion in my life, um, like real concussion symptoms. I was wrestling Raymond Jordan, and it was just like it almost felt like nothing happened. It was like we conked heads a little bit. Nothing. I kept wrestling. I had five minutes of practice left. I didn't think anything of it. And then afterwards, I remember I went and talked to a recruiter on the phone. And then I was like, I went and asked Coach Charles, like, hey, did you put me on the phone with somebody? And I'm like, oh. And then he said, yeah. I'm like, oh, damn. I got a concussion. Like, I, I don't, I'm not remembering. And then, you know, a couple hours later, everything kicked in and it was fine. Well, I, yeah, you, I don't know. I don't think, I would not say that Helen even complained about what Allie did. No, she's just, okay. she's just saying, listen, yeah, maybe we shouldn't talk about it anymore. Listen to what she says okay. because it, it's very much like that's her strategy. She's not going to beat me. She's not going to beat me by beating me up. She's got to be. She got to out wrestle me and trust her skills. That's what she was saying. Yeah, she more got asked about okay. how she thought the match went down, and she pretty much was like, I was surprised she didn't shoot more because that's what Allie okay. Reagan's known for. She has those quick low angle yeah. shots and everything. And she really didn't fire him off. She tried to just kind of push Helen around the mat with an underhook a lot of the time, and it didn't work out. Yeah. Fair enough. So, um, in, any other thoughts on, on uh, Pan Am trials there, Bracky? Helen wins. Jakara wins. Yeah, Jakara looked good so, down at weight, and then 
Hildebrandt looked as good as she did at Mateo Pelicone. Yeah, I feel feel like that those three will be on the team ultimately. I think they're our best options at those weight. Okay. Um, next up, why don't we? Where do we want to go next? Uh, we could go the the wrestling nomad rule. We'll call it that. Uh-oh. If they ever change the rule in NCAA wrestling about taking away team points, we've got to get – it's we got to call it the nomad rule, at least internally within Flow Sports. So Coach Branch goes wild about losing a team point, which he didn't even know he lost at the time, which was funny. I didn't realize he didn't know. But basically, he went and complained about a call to a ref. And you can actually – if you go and watch the – the, the full, full event replay, and you scroll between 184 and 197, you can hear basically everything Coach Brandt says. And he, do, he does not swear. He doesn't you know, insult the ref. He's, he's fighting for, for the call that he doesn't get when they uh, call his guy for stalling, and it decided to match it at 184 pounds. And the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, yeah, it is really kind of dumb that they're just taking away team points, and they probably should do something. About it. And it is so not uniformly enforced because the the team point got yeah. taken away for him yelling. Okay, well, yelling, he didn't yell. I mean, where, where's the Every line on yells. what yelling is? What? Why is that? Why can you yell in football and basketball, but you can't yell? And and he followed the procedures. Yeah. He went to the table after yeah. the match, asked the official to come over, and. He got a team point taken away. And he is exactly right that if it was another team, another coach, and or even Coach Smith, they don't they don't they do not uniformly take away team points. So they just need yeah. to remove that mechanism from the thing. But I know on the official side, they're all freaked out that hey, if I don't do good or if I don't follow what I think the official evaluators yeah. are looking for, I won't get to go to nationals. I won't get as many opportunities. So they're screwed. They're constantly screwed by the rules that the rules makers make. The edge rules is a disaster. The fact that they have to take team points under really vague scenarios is is a disaster. Um, and they're they're kind of ca- caught in the middle trying to interpret what their bosses want, right? So I do yes. sympathize with that a little bit, but they got to change the rule. They can't be taking team points away anymore. And, and Co- Coach Branch was spot on, and I really appreciated his his passion. I like the way he like broke it down. Yeah, you know, he's talking about Stephen Buchanan. He's he goes out there. He's a true freshman. He beats hey, that, that's Wisconsin, baby. <laughs> he, he beats he beats Dakota Gear, an All American, biggest win of his career. And he's like, then I look up at the scoreboard and I see we have two points, and I have to go send an assistant coach to ask why we only have two points. He's like, he's taking points away that Stephen Buchanan earned. Yeah, and I know a lot of people were like, well. There's got to be there's got to be repercussions and, and punishment for these coaches acting out of line. First of all, I don't think Coach Branch did anything out of line. Yeah. And secondly, a technical and getting kicked out would absolutely be a deterrent. You think coaches yeah. want to get kicked yeah. out of a dual meet? No way. And yeah. then, we're, we're back up. to the technical kicking him out because I, I I like that a lot. Do you I know how awesome it. it would be? Sick if he got teed up. We were talking about it because he like he was like I mean he was animated when he was talking to the official. But I still don't uh-huh. think that should be enough for him to get a team point taken yeah. away. But how awesome would it have been when he was done or at some point in that the ref was just like. <laughs> that would have been sick. I think Coach Branch would even like it. That would have been awesome. Coach, I will have yes, to ask him, but awesome. I think he would have liked to get teed up. But right instead, there. the ref just stood there and was like. Yeah. That is one area. There's not much cool about basketball, but that's pretty dang cool that he's. Boom. Throw a tee up right in their face. <laughs> that's pretty sweet. So, yeah. That that was a. And I appreciate 
Coach Branch's candor there. Yeah, I I I, th- I think we you know what. Sometimes we just get on here and talk about wrestling, but sometimes we solve major world issues. And I think <laughs> us coming up with the idea that they should actually kick the coach out of the meets and not take team points, I think this is fantastic. And I think, honestly, it would be more of a deterrent because some coach, when they know their team's going to win 30-8, to eight, right, or whatever the score is, is probably way more likely to not bitch if they think they're going to kick it out of the match than if they're just going to lose a team point. True, true. Yeah. I think we're solving real world problems here, guys. We're solving the real and world problems. It could be really awesome when uh, someone gets ejected and then they're like, all right, I'm going to get my money's worth. Yes. And they just go off. <laughs> yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> it happens in basketball all the time. It's great. College Bob, basketball. Bob Huggins is really good at this. Yes. He gets kicked out and then he's like, I'm going to get my money's worth. <laughs> yeah. So what does, he do? what does he do? Throw throw chairs or something? No, he doesn't Bobby Knight it, but a lot of times, it, like, uh, so he got kicked out against Kansas a couple of years ago, and he was just letting the ref have it, and he got teed up, and then he just kept going, and they kicked him out, and then he he like stormed towards the ref, and was just so scre- you got to get like security guards to escort them or something? Yeah, yeah, and all the other assistant coaches were like grabbing him and trying to hold him back. It was great. It's great. Oh my god! Because in the because it was at wow. Kansas, so then Kansas is going crazy. Yelling at him makes for great TV. Wow, that, that, we should, we, guy. We need to get this policy instituted. Christian, can you talk to the the rules makers? I'm on, I'm on it. I got him on line one. Okay. Hey, hey, how about Stephen Buchanan though? That's I'm gonna I'm gonna give him some props. He's not not one of my guys. He worked out at a place called Crash Train. I I, I did coach him at the Junior Duels one year, and I remember thinking like, wow, this kid goes really hard. Like he didn't totally know what he was doing, but he just kept shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting. And I'm like, this dude wrestles really hard. And I thought, like, you know, he could be uh, he could be a very good college wrestler at some point. I thought it might take a few years. And uh, he's making it happen year one. Yeah, 23-8 and eight on the year. He's, he's been really good. They uh, Co- Coach Branch, I think he has a pretty good eye for, for talent. He can find those under-the-radar guys and make them really tough. Yeah. Coach Branch actually recruits qu- – you know, he gets quite a few Wisconsin guys compared comparatively to most colleges – He's got about, I don't know, six to eight guys out of Wisconsin in the last handful of years. That's good. So, so yeah, he, beat, he beat Dakota Gear. Someone asked an interesting question on Facebook, uh, Tom Ruger. Oh. Uh, what could coaches do, like, when baseball managers kick dirt on the umps? Mm. And, or they, like, throw bats, <laughs> like, on the field or I balls? I got a great like, one. What could they do? This is too far, but they need to untape the mats. <laughs> <laughs> they just start going there and pulling the tape off. And then balling it up and throwing the tape ball at the ref. I can't, I can't remember his name, but I'm pretty sure the Pittsburgh Pirates manager one time took, like, third base uh-huh. with him. I like it when they steal the bases. Yeah. Yes. If you, listen, actually, now that I think about it, if you're going to steal a base or kick dirt, I think untaping the mat one strip uh, is pretty comparable to that. Yeah. Maybe you take the anklets. Take the anklets. Yeah, and put them <laughs> oh in your pocket. Gosh. Now I have the anklets. Have fun doing the red and green thing. Yeah. I just made your life harder. Yeah, that would be really good. Wow. That's so funny. I, who, would, who would have the most creative uh, meltdown? Oh, man. Take the tape off the mat. I think Coach <laughs> Martin would do something awesome. Oh yeah, Coach Steve Martin, Martin gets—he won't let us down. He'll do something cool. Put his little his, uh, his flair on it. Speaking of that duel, uh, just real quick, nothing really too surprising outside of Buchanan and then Reese Woodcraft actually beat Montori Bridges. He yes. seems to be coming on as well. He's he uh, it, he's good. <clears throat> hey, I I don't know about the size of Reese Woodcraft, but is he someone they could get down to? 
125 pounds. I know John Smith loves to make people cut weight. <laughs> he doesn't look huge. No, I honestly think he probably could. He's kind of a lot next of hair. Think if he got rid of some of graduate. that get, How many do you think hair weighs, Christian? <laughs> not, not enough. <laughs> I know. Not yeah. enough. They, uh, um, oh, man, when, when Joey McKenna missed weight at Junior Worlds that year, they, they tried to cut his hair, and he still missed it. Yeah, that did, didn't bad. work. Did not work. <laughs> uh, not enough hair. So, uh, okay, that's enough enough hair talk for one one show. Maybe you could have made sixty five if if you had cut your fro, Ben. Did you ever think about that? Yeah, M- Macy Barber was cutting weight when I was with her last month, and um, you know it was coming off slowly. And I and I threatened like, hey, if this doesn't go out, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to cut your hair off. She's like, there's no there's no way in hell that's happening. <laughs> not gonna happen. I'm like, all right, whatever. It was it was worth the try. <laughs> Definitely. So, pretty cool thing happened uh, this weekend. Uh, Pat Pecora, he's the coach at University of Pittsburgh Johnstown uh, D2 Power. He became the NCAA's all-time winningest wrestling coach with 617 wins, which is kind of mind blowing. Uh, he's been the coach 44 years. So, I, I obviously. I am not an expert on uh, much at all, but I'm definitely not an expert of, on D2 wrestling, and I've never had the pleasure of meeting Pat Picor, but his impact seems tremendous. So um, John Stripmatter, who was an NCAA champion at UPJ, his brother Jody, um, they were on R- Young Guns, Jody's on staff at UPJ, um, sent along a, a note about Coach Picor that I'm going to read here real briefly. In 44 years of coaching, Coach Pecora is the definition of class and integrity. His influence can be especially felt all over Western and Central PA with his former wrestlers coaching. In fact, many of his former wrestlers have made a big impact on many of the wrestlers from Western PA having so much success in college right now. He coached Carlton Hasselrig to three NCAA Division I titles. His former wrestlers idolize him. Jody and I, along with many others, have had him in their weddings. His wrestlers are known for their brotherhood and family culture. He takes great pride in seeing his former wrestlers thrive as husbands and fathers. He is as tough as they come, but a coach who truly loves his wrestlers. This honor couldn't have happened to a better man. So congratulations to to Coach Pecora. Amazing career, 617 wins, and and UPJ has been a power for years. And obviously that's a a large credit to what Coach Pecora has done there so wanted to pass that note along from john strip matter who uh is just one of many former athletes of coach Pecora that had nothing but, but great things to say about him so wanted to at least make mention of that today absolutely great great accomplishment i found there and christian i actually did you know kind of that that statement reminds me of the impact coaches can have on the lives of athletes and i actually i got fired up on saturday morning and i did i did a facebook live on our Ashton wrestling academy page about coaches and then I did another one yesterday and so can I can I give you my uh my two points of of concern or points of talk and, and get your feedback on it I love it I, I listened to the one yesterday it was great please go oh Bob okay so well the first one was about you know sometimes I, I one of the things I hate the tag to hate motions when coaches especially with high school athletes because high school kids are especially impressionable when they use things like oh are you not tough enough to do this or what the hell were you doing out there and they, they essentially put down the kids right because um kids at that at that point in their lives already they already lack uh, a lot of self-belief a lot of confidence and so you're crapping on that right my 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 theory is that 
uh, a coach's job is to get athletes to believe in themselves because that can not only help them in the wrestling career, but that can carry on. And I know that that was what wrestling did for me is it got it allowed me to believe in himself, allowed me to understand that I was capable. And that's my job now is to pass on that to all the athletes that I get to coach. And so when coaches use those those putting down of athletes, I just can't get it. And so, you know, it sounds like that's what Coach Bacora did with his athletes. Uh, you know, kind of brings up just sometimes there's a lot of these coaches that are so great and they have so much impact on lives and um, you know, they're they're not I feel like they're not maybe not given enough credit. I I can't remember what spawned this, but I remember getting into it with a bunch of people some years ago about can you develop toughness in kids? And and the idea that kids don't want to do wrestling because it's 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 too tough and kids aren't tough anymore. And I, I just thought it was bullcrap. I thought I think it's garbage. I think yeah. I think you're 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 hitting on exactly what I think, which is your your failure at inspiring and motivating kids is leading them to quit, not their softness yeah. or or whatever, right? And I, something you hit on yesterday is. Yeah, so every generation I'll, I'll every generation is 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 different, right? And there's different yeah, challenges yeah. and things are easier. And you were going back to the wheel. Well, we didn't have the wheel. The wheel. moving <laughs> stuff around. But it's true. It's true. So every every it's generation so has had it easier, right? Um yes. it's it's on the coaches to innovate and know yeah. the way in the 80s and 90s, kids could probably show up and you could run practices the way you you ran practice and they wouldn't quit or whatever. But kids, maybe it's a little easier to quit now. So that means your job is harder. Back in the 80s, you didn't have to be you didn't have to be as tough a coach in terms of your own self-discipline in the 80s and 90s because yeah. no kids would quit. Now you have to look internally and figure out what you can do to impact the kids and make them stay. But you don't want to do that because it's really, really hard to innovate and change and be different. Yeah. It's a lot easier just to blame the athletes. So that always fired me up. I think it's really weak to say, oh, these kids are tough and just give up on any kids that quit. Oh, I know what it was about. It was about the the singlet and the and the compression shorts fight shirt. Oh, and yeah, it yeah, is yeah. it is unquestionably it is a barrier to entry into the sport. The the a singlet is. I don't mind the singlet. I wore a singlet. Um but I do know that it was an obstacle for kids because I was at a school where I had kids that were good athletes are like, I'm not wearing that. I will not do this sport. And I don't think it's because these are these are tough farm kids. These are not wimps, yeah. okay? These are guys that get up at 6 and work and then go to school, right? So don't tell me they're mm -hmm. not tough. They just don't want to do it. So let's eliminate yeah. an unnecessary barrier. And so when I would say that, they said these kids aren't tough and they wouldn't have made in the sport anyway. Well, I think that's yeah. really, really that close-minded. That that's so weak, so weak, and that's, just, yeah. that's your issue. That's not the kids' issue. Yeah. And we should be yeah. innovating as a sport and as coaches, and the ones that don't want to do it, they're going to get left further and further behind. Yeah, and so so what I said yesterday was yes, our our kids today different. Well, their their experience of growing up is is a little bit different, right? Because they have internet, we didn't. But our generation had TV. The generation before that probably didn't, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, all the all the way back to the wheel. But I, and I I think this is kind of across the board, and you can do this in the sport of wrestling. You can do this in any sport. Uh, I'm sorry, any sport, any any activity. If you have a purpose. If you feel like you're uh, a part of something bigger than yourself and you feel like people actually care about you, you're going to be a pretty happy individual. Mm -hmm. And so as a coach, those are three things that you can give one of your athletes. 
um, as a as a boss, that's something you can give your employers. That and I feel like that goes all the way back through uh, through the course of human time. Um, that if you have those three things, it's going to be you know it's going to be a very good experience. And so that's kind of what I think about giving my athletes when I'm coaching them. Amen. Thank you, Ben, for your service. Amen. All right. Love it. Um, so I said I was going to talk about this um, PIAA dual forfeit stuff, and I want to get—I don't even know, Ben, if you're like familiar with what with uh, what, what happened. I, I read I read through some stuff, but I would I would like to be more informed before I comment. Okay, allow me to inform. So and and okay. Bracky can help fill in the holes as well. But PIAA dual state championship was was uh, last weekend. Uh, great tournament. It's awesome. I wish Virginia had dual states. I think it's really cool. Uh, but they don't. So what happens is it's a it's a dumb rule. Uh, I don't like that. And it what I said got conflated as a lot of different things. I don't think it's cool that the Catholic schools won't wrestle girls. Okay? And that's not something that's specific to Pennsylvania. I know it happens in Virginia. I remember there were private schools that wouldn't wrestle girls uh, then. Okay? But what I what and this is not about even that to me. Well, maybe I should set the stage a little better. So what happens is Reynolds is wrestling Notre Dame, okay, and it's a close duel. Oh wait, uh, let, me, let me start, Christian. So uh, there's no like in some states out east, there's a private school division. So in Pennsylvania, I'm assuming there is not. Correct. Is that right? Okay. Correct. So is everyone together of the same size? Correct. Now, okay. um, in, in Virginia, there is a private school division, but you will still run into. You know, you'll go to the same tournament as as a Fork Union or Fisher yeah. Military Academy, whatever. So, got it. Reynolds is is wrestling Notre Dame, and they have a starting six pounder, right? That's a boy that they uh, a man that they use in every single match, except for against Notre Dame, where they put out a girl because they know that the Catholic schools won't wrestle him. So instead of trusting their starter to earn pin points, they put their starter that they trust in all their matches out of the lineup and insert the girl to earn forfeit points, which I'm not saying it's against the rules. I'm not saying they should be, they should change the rules. I'm saying it's lame. I'm saying it's cheesy. I think it's antithetical to the purpose of high school athletics, right? Like to, to me, I think you wrestle your team against their team and you don't do, you don't look for these little, Shortcuts was, to the win. Was was Notre Dame's one hundred six pounder really good or something? Is that is that the issue? I think they were pretty. No, it's, they, they very well could have won the match. I think it probably. Would, I think they did have a good six pounder. I I'm not gonna okay. pretend that that would have mattered. But I think the the reality is they only used that girl, the 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 female mm-hmm. wrestler, against the Catholic school. So they pull out their starter yeah. and insert the girl. And I think one, okay, so the only, basically what you're saying about the girl is the only value you bring, you actually bring here is your gender. That's the value you bring to the team right now. Because if you weren't a girl, you wouldn't be in the lineup right now. And we're u- utilizing your gender so we can get six points. I just think that's, I think that's weird. I think that's cheesy. And then it became uh, on Twitter, well, all these schools recruit and these private schools recruit and they do this and they have an antiquated rule. Yeah, that rule's antiquated. Yeah, I, I, I saw that. That was, that was kind of dumb because it seemed like not the point. Like I saw some people saying something like They're basically uh, saying, well, the they started schools. It. Yeah, the protest against private schools recruiting, which 
I, I think that's probably like aside from the issue, which when, when people don't have good arguments, they generally change what the argument is. Exactly um, right. Exactly right. So, but uh, Christian, I I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess I'm somewhere in the middle of this. I kind of feel like, well, it's not the public schools fault. The Christian schools have stupid rules. I'm sorry, Catholic schools have stupid rules. That's a stupid rule. Sorry, it's it's 2020, and boys should wrestle girl be able to be, have the option to wrestle girls. It's you know, it's just like I feel like it's the I same agree. thing with Iran not being able to wrestle Israel. It's it's effing stupid. Yep. And yeah. if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna attend that Catholic school, you realize that's part of the game you're playing is that you signed up for that. So I kind of see it in both directions a little bit. The thing that makes it even more bizarre, and Ryan Ryan Tierney brought this up on Facebook, <clears throat> is that they can they can wrestle girls in postseason. This is not considered postseason. Yes. See, I mean that like that's like okay. Well, this this Catholic school rule is so effing dumb. Yes, they they, they can wrestle girls in the postseason, but not in the regular season. Like, is, is a girl a girl, or is it not a girl? Like, it's like, what the heck? Yeah. So the the Catholic school has got to get there's there's two worlds here where the Catholic schools can get their stuff together and figure that out because <laughs> it's really stupid. And but don't make that the argument. the The thing for me is it's really cheesy that you're using this to exploit some weird thing that I'm sure the coaches, the teams don't like that they have to do that. They would wrestle. They do wrestle the girls when they can. And so for the teams, and it's Reynolds and um, Saucon Valley did the exact same thing. It arguably cost them both the duels, the fact that they um, did that, right? So I thought it was lame. I think it's – it's to me it's just like as a competitor – for for high school sports, I just think it's kind of it's kind of gross and lame. Uh, I so, thought it was someone lame. said someone said on our Facebook feed they said, uh, "Why is wrestling singled out? Can a Catholic school linebacker tackle a female running back? If he can't, feed her the rock. <laughs> Only <laughs> feed her the rock. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean that's. Um, uh, yeah. I also it's, don't. It's, I, I don't like the don't don't say. Well, they recruit. If the if a kid wants to go to a, the private school instead of the the public school, then that's their choice. This is America. I, I well, I yeah. I so I see it both again. You know, I'm tr- I'm sorry that I'm not um, being very divisive and picking one side or the other side. I see it both ways there, Brecky. And you know, we don't have really have recruiting in Wisconsin. Um, we have we have something called open enrollment where kids can go. Recruiting is illegal, so. If a kid wants to go to another school district because it's best for him, obviously I don't see the issue with that. I think, fine, that's good for the kid, right? But at the same time, I understand how the, the, the coaches get upset that their kids are leaving. Now, I could see how they get extra upset if someone's actually picking up the phone call and saying, hey, Billy, uh, we'd really love to have you here at Wyoming SEM or whatever other private school there is, right? Yeah. I could see how that would be really, really, really um, upsetting to those coaches because – Man, that that that's tough. You you raised this kid from say kindergarten to eighth grade, and now you're gonna lose him. Yeah, I mean, I don't like. I, I get the transfer thing for for private schools, but one, don't pretend it doesn't happen at the public schools all the same. Don't pretend it, it happened at many yeah. public schools. It happened in Virginia yeah. when I was there, mm-hmm. and it happened. It happens with the private schools. Every and also. Anyone that goes to a public to a private school lives in a public school district because they are in America. So yes, right. they are yeah. taking from another school district. That is like the existence of private schools. That is what they do, right? 
Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you think private schools should exist, then they are going to take students from public school districts because that's just how it works. Um, so I don't, I don't like that. I, the transfer thing, I no. Is it ideal that they uh, they leave and whatever? No, that's that's not great either. But don't don't change the argument. We're not talking about transfers. I'm talking about you're pulling your starter because you're saying starter. I don't believe you'll earn pinpoints here. That's what you're telling your starter that is working and has earned the spot. But you're saying, no, you don't get to wrestle here. You get, we're, we're, we're doing this gimmick thing. And this is high school sports too. It's in the NCAA, yeah. which, I mean, the idea that this would happen in NCAAs is kind of crazy to even like make that comparison. But it's not big business, right? This is about a lesson. I think it's a weird lesson about the things you'll do to win a match. Because it's all about don't. This is not a statement. This is not a protest. This is an advantage that you're exploiting yeah. so you can earn points at the state championship. Why do uh, Catholic schools have such stupid rules? That's a dumb rule. So dumb. Yeah, I don't know. It's a really dumb rule. I mean, and and hopefully this it, we're not there yet. But you know, NCA uh, status is coming for women's wrestling, which is amazing, and. Hopefully soon that will lead to entire women's high school wrestling leagues, right? Yeah, and that's that, what, that, that will be better, right? That's, that would be a good thing. That's what someone brought up on Facebook. Someone was like, well, the PIAA could just add women's wrestling. Yeah, that would be great. No, no, yeah. I would have no issue it, with that. It, it, well, women's high school wrestling is sanctioned in, what, like 20 states now or something? I mean, it's get, the number is yeah. getting up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's getting there. Um, okay, so I wanted to say that because I, I – yeah, transfers. That's not ideal, is uh. But this bothered me. So so what? Hey, I think we could uh have some breaking news here in about an hour and a half or Uh-oh. so. Uh oh. Uh oh. What? Le- what's going on? I don't know. Something from USA Wrestling, possibly. Some USA Wrestling what do you news. Mean? Is it going to be about uh a certain? I think. Jaden Cox's weight class. A certain uh, wrestler's weight class. Oh my god. Jaden Cox's weight class. Whoa. Yeah. You got any intel? Are you gonna get? Are you gonna get scooped by USA Wrestling, Ben? I can't say. Ben does have <laughs> intel. I asked him at. Uh, I asked him at Fort Worth. I was like, "Do you have any insight on uh, on Jane's weight?" He just looked. He got. He just completely changed his face. He got all serious. He goes, "No." I'm like, we talked to him. About it? He's like, "No." I'm like, "Whatever." You're not. Listen, I am a terrible, terrible secret keeper. But if someone, so I always tell my friends, listen, if you want me to like keep something a secret, you need to say. Do not tell anyone this, Ben, because otherwise I'm just going to tell everybody. It doesn't matter, <laughs> right? He asked me not to tell. Okay. So you'll know not, You'll know in 90 minutes. Just to say odd or even. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> so that will be huge. Someone... Wait, so why are, they, why are they announcing it today? What's, to, what's special about today? Well, he's wrestling this weekend in Cuba. I don't know. I guess I just want it out there. Or so is it going to be a press conference, or, or what, what is he going to do here? I think a release. I think it's just a press release, yeah. A press release, okay, got it. Because yeah, I did see he was wrestling this weekend, so obviously, you know, he's told me that he wasn't going to tell anyone until he stepped on the scale at the Olympic trials, um, which obviously can't happen now that he's wrestling this weekend. Yeah, or could it be a test? He could, could it be? He could, he could trick Cuba and say, I'm not going to step on the scale, but let me wrestle anyways. Hey, I got a question. Um, all right, well, since you can't, you don't have to say what weight, but I am going to. Do you think there's any way he wrestles a weight this weekend and then ultimately changes it? Or do you feel like 
he has made his decision and he's going that way. I don't. I mean, I don't have a good answer to that. I would hope. I would hope he's changed. He's like picked his weight class. I would hope. I mean, I, I can't say specifically, but I would hope that he has it picked by now. Yeah, you would think. Okay, you would think we're only two months. We're, we're less than two months away from the Olympic trials. Oh my gosh! How March is, is going to be, be? March is going to be crazy. You got Big Tens, uh, NCAs, and Olympic trials all within the course of a month. I mean, holy moly! That's going to be great. Um, That's going to be so much fun. Yeah, I can't wait for that. You're going to trials, right? I'm going to trials. I'm very excited. You're not entered, though, right? You can uh, I know. No, right. I'm not. I, you know what? I've been wrestling a little bit with Keegan O'Toole to, uh, you know, I can't, I can't like, fully wrestle. I, I don't want to – I'm not trying to whine on radio or nothing here, right? But the hip is, like, once I retired, I actually realized, like, I gave myself a break. I realized how bad it was. And, like, there's a lot of positions I can't really wrestle in. And so, but I have been trying to help Keegan and Parterre, you know, get ready to make a junior role team and whatnot here. Heck yeah. Go so Keegan, if I though. could just go Parterre, I might enter. <laughs> just guts. Hit that high yeah. gut. All yeah, right. Absolutely. Want to go to some questions from friends? Did we hit, did we hit everything we got? I mean, we talked about Big well, Tone versus Cassiope. We, we got two, we got two more days. We got Wednesday and Thursday. We're gravy. We should, uh, I think. Oh, I don't, you know what we didn't hit, Kyle? What I so, sometimes you put out a tweet and you're like, uh, it's, it's, you know, you don't think about it and it blows up and you're like, wow, people really appreciate a tweet. Sometimes you think I have a great tweet and you put it out and you don't get that response and you're like, how did this tweet not go over? And so I put out what I thought was just an outstanding tweet this weekend, and it was a the picture I stole from you guys and um, you stole it from Nelson, Nelson. Brands and. It, he had his hand around Austin Sanders and says, brothers. So I screen, you know, I cap screen captured that. And I said, I didn't realize Terry Brands was Austin Santos' father. Everything makes so much more sense now. And I thought that was going to be really funny and no one liked it. So I hate you, all of you. You're not happy with six retweets and 156 likes? Well, for... No, that, that's, that's pitiful. <laughs> pitiful. 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 Uh, it's, it's, it's a solid tweet. You know why it didn't take off, you know... I don't know why. Who knows? Maybe people his Twitter's algorithm didn't like it. I, I think maybe people weren't smart enough to realize that that was Nelson Brands, who was Terry Brands' kid. Maybe that was why. Well, yeah, who knows? But you know what? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So keep tweeting, Absolutely. Ben. How many followers <laughs> are you up to now? Quite a few. Oh, my God. 305,000. Uh, approaching 306. Wow. Rapidly. Okay. Absolutely. We should – I don't know if we mentioned it. Uh, Michigan State beat Wisconsin. Yes, they did. Uh, I know, I know you don't want to hear it, Ben, and we'll Sorry, be man. Wisconsin haters and everything, but that is a massive win. I think their first one over Wisconsin since, like, yeah. 2008. I mean, yeah. It, it's uh, – yeah. listen, say what you want. No no Moran, no this, no that, but I, that is a tremendous accomplishment for Michigan State, where, where they've come in the last couple of years – that they would be competitive. Listen, do you think this is the first time Michigan State has faced a team like Wisconsin and they had some starters out? No. This is, this happens all the time where guys are missing or whatever, and they would lose that match. And now they're winning the matches because they're way, way better than they were. Uh, I think it's yeah. – I, I just – that's another thing. That's why I like the dual rankings because it's just the result, right? And doesn't matter – your dual strength is your ability to absorb guys not being in the lineup. That's yeah. a part of dual strength. 
And yep. they were not as strong as Michigan State. And while Wisconsin will outplace them in NCAAs, it doesn't matter. They lost the duel. They were better. Everyone knew that date, and uh, they didn't have it. So congratulations yeah. to Coach, well, really, Coach Chandler. Really, Wisconsin only had one starter out, which is Tristan Moran, which right. that, that does that does probably, in fact, cha- change the outcome of the duel, Tristan being in versus being out. Um, the other match, you know, Pre Christensen beat Nick May earlier in the year, and, and then he lost that match, which was that was yeah. uh, you know upsetting. And the other thing is Garrett Model looked, oh my God, he killed Bo Piper. I mean, he looked so good on Friday night. He and looked so awesome. He lost we didn't it. see that coming at all. I well, didn't we thought see it, it might have been Sharon Brock. Yeah, but I mean, Garrett Model, hey, it wasn't like I could have seen an opportunity where he maybe sneaks out a close win, but like he kicked Bo Piper's butt. Like it, it was. A whole bunch of takedowns, stalling points, maybe a turn, like everything. I like so I then, like model. He wrestles so hard. Yes, wrestles really hard. So for him to lose to Jake Tucker, I mean Tucker's good, but he's not great, right? Yeah, I think he might have been able to mount a comeback. He got headlocked. That headlock really put him behind the eight ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's that's kind of something that we've seen. You know, model has found himself giving up big points in, in at, at times. Um, and so, you know, if Model wants to be in the match, one of the things he's got to do is, you know, keep it close. Or it, it, even better if he gets the first takedown, but either way, keep it close early or, or, and or get the first takedown. And then, then it's kind of a downhill battle for him. Man, you, who put this uh, Tariq Wilson quote in I here? did. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Re- I'm going to read it. Tariq Wilson said this Uh-oh. after the UNC win. Right now, it doesn't even feel like it's a rivalry. It's just them coming down here trying to prove that they have caught up or that they have some firepower. I don't feel like it's a rivalry at all. Holy smokes. Holy tell, us how, smokes. tell us how you really feel, Tariq. I think NC State's won seven in a row. Um, Jeez. Wow. But obviously when Coleman got there, UNC was not in a great place. Well, yeah. That's, uh, UNC will get over the hump there at some point, you have to figure. Um, and NC State has Tech this weekend, right? Yeah. So they can... Another big one. I believe it's at Reynolds again. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, the ACC is tough this year, man. They ain't playing. No games. And then Duke will be better next year. Uh, Okay, let's get to some questions. Does Ben Askren still think RBY can't win NCAAs? Asks Dave. I'm going to go with yes, he's not going to win NCAAs. Oh, can't. You think he can't? I I think he cannot win NCAAs this year. Next year, we'll give him a chance next, next year. Rassel fan, if he has less of a chance next year, by the way. If Lee Majors Pletcher, will you party that on Nomad? True. Or feel right. guilty for doubting Lee recently? I haven't doubted Lee. I have my because uh, I've continued to pick him, but my respect and fear for what Luke Pletcher has become is is what. Wait, has, I feel like Christian Piles is the biggest Nick Lee fan around. Exactly. I don't What's know this what guy talking, talking about? about. I'm gonna have. What I'm is he have, talking about? I don't know, Russell fan. Well, I've been kind of, I've been saying, okay, yeah, Luke Pletcher can definitely beat Nick Lee. Well, I don't know. Maybe, okay. maybe I've they, they feel I've wavered a little bit, but a little bit. But no, I'm still squarely in the Nick Lee camp. Okay. An everyday toaster says, give uh, wants Ben Askren to give your wrestling dad bod Hall of Fame. You, Ben, uh. Daniel Cormier, Mike Basillo, but I feel like this is more oh. your expertise. Well, I, I, you know, I should have done my research. I should come back tomorrow. Cormier is obviously in there because, uh, you know, obviously the way he You looks. can't be a heavyweight. Th- You've got to be below. You cannot be, right? You cannot be a heavyweight. 
Um, throw me some good names out here, guys. I, What's the name of the the Becca kid from last year? Ryan, Ryan, oh, Ryan Anderson. Anderson. Man, His he dad had, bought at age seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Dad bought no kids. That's that's pretty tough. To he do. was a dad bot at one forty five. Yeah, <laughs> one fifty two. Whatever he was I at. Know. He was like miss weight at sixty two. Go up to fifty two. Win uh, or win twenty six. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty rare to have a dad bod and be successful uh, at the sport of Division One wrestling. So maybe you'd have to go international or someone like someone who kind of was like, I'm sure there's a few Russians that were like overweight. Kurban like, has this. an amazing dad bod. <laughs> right? I mean, there's got to be some of those guys. Yes. They, they go a little lighter on the steroids. They start, you know, they grow a little older. Got yeah. some good skills, though, still. They get off the ladder, yeah. so they're out of the... Gregory Rochenko. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying Seth <laughs> Gross has a dad bod, but he just he doesn't look like all the other 133 yes, pounders. That, he does not look very intimidating. Like if you saw Sean Charles, oh, she was like, if I saw that dude, I wouldn't even warm up. <laughs> <laughs> I like that's a good like, line. If you saw Seth Gross around, you'd be like, nah, I don't even got to warm up for this dude. <laughs> I'm worried about that. And uh, yeah, all kinds of problems. <laughs> Speaking of Seth, Joseph Floyd wants to know, is Seth Gross getting too comfortable with letting guys in on his legs? I'll throw this to Ben. That's that's where he wants guys. Well. I mean, genuinely. He's until so they good take there. him down. There does become yeah, a line I'm, where. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to say no. That's just kind of, he, he's, got, he's got a level of comfort there that very few people do. Um, yeah, until, until he, I will not say until he takes me out, until he loses, which. You know, the DeSanto match, I think, was a great example of that. And he changed for the next time. Yes. Uh, how many slaps to a chair would it take for Nomad to equal the amount of destruction and decimation that Hydley <laughs> provided to that poor little chair? I'll set the line at six and a half Nomad slaps. Trent Hydley, it was, did you see this video, Ben? I have not. I really. Is it, I would love to see it. Oh, my gosh. So it's, it should, be, it should become it. some kind of... Fine, because it should become some type of challenge where it's like the Trent Hidley chair challenge. He, uh, Trent Hidley stays fired up. And uh, so he basically, the heavyweight, Deontay Wilson, sealed it for NC yeah. State. Pat and Trent hug. He's like screaming. Then he just straight up punches this office chair and blows the back off. Right? Just like completely destroys it. It's pretty epic. I think. I, w- I want to see this video so I'm bad. I'm going to find it. I'm gonna try it later today. You're just gonna try. You're, you're, you're just getting up like doing a, like a gut wrench squeeze and just squeezing the chair, Ben. Like so, do. he punches the chair and the chair explodes. The the back of the chair. Yeah, the fly, back of the chair flew off. off. It just like pops off. It's uh, and then his his uh, I think Trent's mother replied to a tweet I sent and was like, "Yeah, that's not. Oh, I, saw the that. first, I saw that. That's not the first chair he's destroyed or whatever." Which I can imagine Trent being a pretty wow. rambunctious. Yes. Uh, young guy, bull in a china shop. Okay, this <laughs> may may be our last question. Could Shane Griffith, one sixty five, Jordan Cutler, one seventy four, and Chaz Tucker, one thirty three, be number one seeds at NCAs? It would mean Marinelli beat Chenzo, Hall beat Kemmer at Big Ten. Seems wrong. The undefeated record's best competition. Thoughts? Um, Chaz Tucker. I mean, now you're looking at all these guys absorbing multiple losses. At 133, or, you know, if so, obviously this is considering Seth Gross losing, is what yes. I'm assuming the question is. Um, they're all of multiple losses. You got to consider Chaz Tucker for number one if he's undefeated, don't you? Are you yes. are you just saying 
That's insane. Well, I think from a rankings perspective, perspective, it's insane. But from a seating perspective, yeah. which is automated, partially computer-generated situation, yeah. uh, I could totally see them screwing that up and putting him number one without beating any of the top contenders. Uh, yeah. it, it, it could happen. Cutler is tough because he lost to Mark Hall. Uh, Griffith, though, yeah, I, I don't see I don't see Cutler as a viable option there, even if um, Hall yeah, beats Kemmer. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. But Griffith at sixty five, I mean, all he's done is beat everyone in front. Russell Stanford has a decently tough schedule. They now they go to the scuffle, and they go to a year where the scuffle's more down. But still, yeah. he's done it. It, it. There's there's a scenario where where that happens. I think in all those instances, if any of those guys were the one seed, I would disagree with it because I don't think they'd beaten the guys. This, it's not how I would seed it. If the idea is seeding it based on what the guy's proven, I don't think they should be there. But but, but consider, considering the circumstances, you could see how that seed ends up that way. 100%. It's it's definitely yeah. a, a, an option. Um, but we have no option now. We have to go. we got to get the heck out of here. It's 947. Absolutely. Uh, we're, we got some OT going. So feel free to play us out. Thank you so much for I'm, listening. I'm, I'm watching this Heidley chair video. It is totally fantastic. <laughs> I mean, does he not just destroy that also, chair? Also, Trent... Uh, you know, he had the epic hoagie eating celebration. Yes. <laughs> His celebration now is raising the roof. No way. Yeah, it just goes like that. Yeah. You guys That's... need to bring the flow celebration ranking back. <clears throat> we do. Okay, yeah, you're right, Bam. We'll, we'll get on that. Um, okay, cool. Hey, <laughs> stay tuned. Raise the roof. We got an announcement coming from uh, USA Wrestling about maybe Jaden Cox's weight. 11 a.m. 11 a.m. 11 a.m. Central. Also, um, yeah, that's it. Thanks so much. Thanks to Trent Hiley for landing a significant strike against the office <laughs> against the office chair. <laughs> that was very significant. Thanks. We'll see you tomorrow. Happy Tuesday. Peace. See ya.